Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Kranitsya, a podcast series about interesting and remarkable Ukrainians from around the world. Today is Monday, June 14th, 2021. Today's episode is a special edition produced for The Ukrainian Weekly, a newspaper that has been serving the global Ukrainian community since 1933. And I'm pleased to say we have with us today, coming from Australia, Natalia Pushevilo Powler. Welcome, Natalia. How are you? I'm good. Hello, everyone. Hello, Michael. Thank you so much for agreeing to join us today on Krenitsya. So I first read about you, Natalia, I guess a month or two ago in the KF Post. And uh, it sounded like a really fascinating story. So what I'd like to do, first of all, is get some background on you. I understand you were born in Poltava, Ukraine. Yes, that's right. Um, I was born in Poltava and raised there, went to school, uh, primary and secondary school. And then I completed my study at the National Technical University, um, studying in um, civil engineering and economics. And after a few years of work there, I actually um, uh, came to New Zealand. First, I came to New Zealand and then a few years later (laughs) to Australia. So Um, why did you decide to emigrate to New Zealand? It wasn't an immigration. Uh, First, um, there was uh, people, there was a person who invited me uh, to visit and to come to New Zealand to experience and uh, perhaps study there. So... um, I packed my bag, it was very light, <laughs> and um, ventured to unknown. You know, at that time I was um, quite a young person. I was only 24, and um, I wanted to experience different um, life and different uh, worlds, part of the world. So it was quite easy decision, I guess, to venture out. And um, then um, I um, gradually... Um, did build my life like um, I studied and I worked and I met lots of people moved cities and um, yeah here I am now in Australia and Melbourne and I understand you came to New Zealand when in the late 1990s that's right yeah in uh, uh, late uh, 1997 and I read an article that your grandparents were somewhat artistic involved in uh, different artistic activities in Poltava. Can you talk briefly about that? The, uh, yeah, that's a very good story. It's partially background, my background, why I'm doing what I'm doing involving this Ukrainian community. First was in New Zealand, now in Australia and around the world. Um, my grandparents were uh, well-known um, pottery artists in a village called Opishnia, a small township. So it's about 40 kilometers um, uh, from Poltava and it's ancient Cossack settlement of about 7,000 people. And then um, all my family um, was born and raised there for centuries. And um, my father's side of the family uh, were in pottery. So um, I grew up uh, with surrounded by clay, by kiln, and potter's wheel. And what was um, different about my family, my grandparents, they, uh, my grandmother, Yabdoha, she's collected um, 
uh, lots of na na naive arts and pottery and embroidery and uh, carvings. And uh, they devoted the largest room in, of the house to the museum. So they created um, their own museum in 70s and 80s and 90s. So I was um, growing up not only observing my grandparents making this clay articles and uh, going to different exhibitions and fairs and traveling, but also their home museum was well known among students, uh, not students, among scientists, historians, tourists. So there was always tour buses outside my grandparents' home. Even there was no, no advertisements anywhere. But there were people new and there was always someone staying, knocking on the door, painting pictures or writing or filming. So because they were very friendly and welcoming people. So they were ambassadors of Ukrainian culture, even behind the Iron Curtain. Uh, so that's my, my background and um, the introduction to Ukrainian culture and art and the history. That's my grandparents. And what's um, good about the, the family. Um, after my grandparents passed away, um, my father and his two older brothers, they um, settled um, with the museum, National Museum of Ukrainian Pottery and um, Craft. To, so my grandparents' museum became part of that national museum as like a founding ground. So now it's not a family stead, it's actually a a place where any visitor to a Pishnet or Ukraine can come and see um, how my grandparents lived and see the artworks and uh, enjoy it, be part of that spirit that um, my uh, grandmother cultured and um, their friendliness and welcoming. Natalia, that's a fascinating story. Thank you. I'd like to turn now to talk a little bit about your uh, your day job, if you will, and then your activities in the Ukrainian community. So I understand that you are a bid manager with a, an organization called the Box Hill Institute in Melbourne. So what exactly do you do for them and what does the organization do? That's right. So a Box Hill Institute is a, it's a like technical institution where um, uh, students are studying from um, certificate three, so like from um, different qualifications, from hairdressing, carpentry, automotive repair, to we have a higher education uh, where they do accounting degrees and music uh, degrees. So this, um, it's a training institution, basically. It's not the university. It's a technical institution that um, trains um, in range of uh, technical qualifications. And my day job is to write tender submissions for to represent institute um, and bid for Victorian state of Victoria um, opportunities or federal government opportunities in education in uh, vocational education. I'm exposed to lots of policies and latest trends in economics where the new qualifications required or where the economic growth is going to be. So we need to train people in those areas to fulfill the gaps if there are any labor gaps on the market. And prior coronavirus, I actually was working on international opportunities in South Pacific as well for bids for Australian government as well. 
my it's very interesting job and i i really enjoy it um because i'm i'm always learning something new i, I understand how world works or how australian uh, state of affairs um, are in education or in um, early childhood or in nursing so <laughs> always on edge in terms of the Ukrainian global community, I understand that you are a regional vice president for the Ukrainian World Congress and that your responsibilities cover a very broad area, Eastern and Southeastern Asia, Australia, New Zealand, Oceania, and Africa. Yes, Michael, that's correct. In, uh, I was elected to be a regional vice president in uh, November 2018. Uh, and um, it's a new role. So um, my role is to work with the communities, Ukrainian communities in uh, this region. It's a very large region and um, uh, be in touch with um, embassies and um, community leaders and basically guide them or give them helping hand to be a friend and to be a coach or mentor and listen to their needs and so we can work together in with Ukrainian World Congress um, to be as this one body representing Ukrainians abroad and uh, what we are standing for like democratic principles and fighting for the rights of Ukrainian people in Ukraine or against the war um, that's now going on in Ukraine. And so Crimea is Ukraine. So those messages are very important to be passed to governments across the world. And those Ukrainian communities that live, say, in my region can do it with um, my guidance, for example, or if if they can do it, depends on the political situation in the country. Natalia, I understand that Ukrainians have emigrated to Australia and New Zealand since the early part of the 20th century, but it was never a very large community. So what was it like when you arrived in New Zealand first and then Australia? When I lived in New Zealand, the, the total Ukrainian community comprised of about probably 650 people. There was um, a survey done by the New Zealand government, I think the first in 1987 or something. So, um, And then now population probably, or Ukrainian population, close to 1,000 people there. So it's not uh, large. But um, it's like Ukrainian village, you know everyone, even they live on different islands. It keeps closed community going and um, good community spirit, friendship, and uh, we share we share the same ideas and problems and desire to stand out from the crowd and represent our culture as well. So it was very good, um, well established I guess in a short time well neat community when I was there so we worked on a few projects like um, uh, there was a park uh, plant, the trees were planted to commemorate uh, Holodomor um, um, that happened in Ukraine 1932-1933 people who died there so we did actually uh, were only one community in the world who were able to issue a stamp, and it was a, a philatelical, unique um, 
some unique event when the stamp was actually issued in New Zealand to commemorate 75th um, anniversary of this tragedy because uh, other countries around the world weren't able to actually issue any stamps or any memorabilia because of the Russian government was actually on a close watch. So our community was able to design and issue stamp and go and we had it validated through the postal offices. Uh, so it's all now in collectible hands now. And uh, also what we did as well, uh, there was another stamp we issued for 70 years of Ukrainian immigration to New Zealand. So that was another initiative that we did. And the regular day-to-day -day runs, uh, like uh, Independence Day celebration, there were Christmas parades, cultural parades, where Ukrainians are famous for dancing and singing, so we were doing that quite a lot. And we established Ukrainian school, small one Saturday school, but it was um, active for a while. So that's what happened in New Zealand in a short uh, time. That, um, community existed probably in the first uh, five to seven years and I've been living in Australia for now seven years and Australians have very good um, well-established um, Ukrainian community across a whole continent so I live in Melbourne in the state of Victoria we have um, different organizations here in churches and youth organizations and community organizations and dance groups. So it's going quite well. It was easy for me um, to join one of them, <laughs> the selection <laughs> and choice. Uh, basically, on the, I arrived to uh, Melbourne uh, like on Monday and on, on Saturday, the same week, I was already marching in Ukrainian, uh, group, with Ukrainian group in, on the Australia Day Parade. <laughs> <laughs> Natalia, we're almost out of time. Yeah, sure. But I did want to ask you uh, something about your activities as the chairperson of the Ukrainian Women's Association in Melbourne. Yeah, I, I'm chairing a branch called Malve, Malve. And um, yeah, there was again another uh, activity or thing I did on arrival from New Zealand. Uh, I met a few ladies who were like-minded and uh, we decided to um, create our own branch um, and it was actually the first time in 33 years that a new branch was formed and now we have um, 11 members in uh, my branch and I'm cheering it and uh, it's actually going extremely well. We um, first uh, we actually did create a petition uh, asking Australian government to allow um, adopting Ukrainian children, orphan, orphans, uh, from Ukraine to Australia. So there was a big um, push uh, working with Australian government and, and the Ukrainian government to meet their uh, all legislative needs to make it possible. Unfortunately, it wasn't possible um, to do it. And But our motion went through the federal government and um, they gave us good advice um, Try again. <laughs> yeah, so we collected about 247 signatures for that petition. Natalia, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Krenitsia. Thank you, Michael. I have been speaking with Natalia Poshevailo Toler, who is a regional vice president with the Ukrainian World Congress based in Melbourne, Australia.
This is Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Knenitsya, a podcast series about interesting and remarkable Ukrainians from around the world. Today's episode of Knenitsya, The Well, is a special edition produced for the Ukrainian Weekly, a newspaper that has been serving the global community since 1993. Until next time, that's all for now.